This is Revive Zoe Church's podcast, where we will equip you to rise to your God-given purpose. Thank you, Pastor Luis and Vanessa Torres. Uh, Revive Zoe, it's an honor to be with you guys here again. Um, it, every time I'm with you, it feels like I'm with family, and uh, I'm really excited to be here. And I really feel like God has something important for us, and not just us, but the entire body um, during this time and during this season. So today we're going to be in John chapter 17, verse 25, and I want you to just hold that place for a minute. We're going to get to it a little bit later. Um, but that scripture is John 17, uh, verse 25. And um, I, I want to pray just before we get into this, and uh, let's, l- let's listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us. So um, Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, because you're about to speak to us and through us. Um, Father, I pray that you open every heart and open every mind right now, Jesus. Speak through me, God, and let everything I say be what you want me to say, Father, and take out any opinions, take out any type of scrutiny, Father God, and let this be truth from your mouth, God. Let this be the bread from your table, in Jesus' name. So at times, like the times that we find ourselves in today, it's really hard to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. You know, we have a rampant racial climate going on right now where people are very much aware of their skin tone. And on top of that, we have these type of climates bringing out the worst in some people. Not only are we struggling with a racial climate, we are heading into a voting season. It's now we're battling against a political climate where people are gonna be dividing themselves amongst Republicans and Democrats, liberals and conservatives. And I'm not just talking about the world, I'm actually talking about the church is dividing herself. Not only are we facing a political climate, but we're also facing uh, economic recession. You know, times are getting rough. Businesses are growing out. Um, People are losing money. Um, It's getting kind of gloomy and it's getting kind of dark to see hope at the end of this tunnel. And to top everything off, we're in the middle of a pandemic that none of us have seen in our lifetime. And it felt like it kind of went away a little bit, but now it's starting to come back to the surface as things are starting to get a little bit worse. And in the same way that Jesus called out Peter in the boat to walk on water, I feel prophetically this is the season for the church to do the same. As the same with the disciples in the boat, the world is in the boat right now. And it's being rocked left and right and back and forth by a storm. And God is specifically calling out the church to come out of the boat, to come out of the world's comfort zone and start to walk on any type of trouble and start to walk on top of the political climate, start to walk on top of racism, start to walk on top of the economic recession and not sink, which is why it's so important for us to keep our eyes only on Jesus. Because if our eyes are on anything but him during this time period, church, we're going to sink. And not only are we going to sink, but we're going to sink publicly because every disciple, every person on that boat had their eyes on Peter. And Peter was the example. Peter was the one that God called forth. And in the same way, we are the example. We are the ones being called forth. And God is calling us to walk on top of these situations and to walk on the waters of life. And we can't afford, church, we can't afford to not look at anything but him. And it feels like this is a time that the world has never seen. It feels different from when I was a kid. And I'm sure it feels different for you as well. 
It feels different in every aspect of the world. And as I was praying, I was asking Jesus, what do you want me to tell your people? What is the word that you would have for me to give to them? And he spoke to me very sternly. He said, tell them I went through the same thing. He said, tell them to do what I did. You see, Jesus faced racial climates. There was a huge debate amongst the Jews and Gentiles and Samaritans and Romans. And, and it went so, ex- so far and it was so extreme that the Jewish people even walked around certain cities because they didn't want to be associated with a person of a different race. They had crazy political climate. They were being, the Jewish people were being oppressed by Rome during this time period. And all, almost any type of little insurrection caused a huge war amongst the people in their minds because they wanted to be free from what they saw as Roman oppression. And it was also not just a Roman oppression, but it was a, a crazy economic recession they were going through as well. The Jews were being taxed like crazy by Rome, and it caused a lot of their frustrations. And not only were they economically hit, but they were also in the middle of what could be considered a pandemic. You see this through all the Gospels when you see Jesus healing diseased people, specifically leprosies, that was running rampant during this time period. And Jesus is dead smack in the middle of this. And I want to read John chapter 17, verse 25 to you. This is the Amplified Version. As, and this is Jesus praying in the garden right now before he goes to the cross. He says this, he says, O just and righteous Father, Although the world has not known you and has never acknowledged you and the revelation of your mercy, yet I have always known you and these believers know without any doubt that you sent me and I have made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, overwhelming their heart and I may be in them as well. You see, what Jesus did during the time period when he came to earth is he was representing the Father to an orphan world. He was being the exact image of God in these dire situations. And I want to ask you something. What have you been representing lately? Have you been representing fear? Have you been representing frustration? Have you been representing anger? Are you the one that's sitting in the boat, or are you the one that's walking on the water? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, Paul says this. He says, this is the Amplified Version. So we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making his appeal through us. We, as Christ's representatives, we, as Christ's representatives, plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. And I want to tell you today that the answer to what's going on in our world, the answer to what God wants you to do is to be an ambassador of Christ. Be an ambassador of Christ. You see, being an ambassador has been on God's heart from the beginning. And what an ambassador is, an ambassador is a physical embodiment of a state, of a kingdom, of a president, and of a king. You see this reflected in the life of Jesus. The book of Hebrews says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He represented him in every way, so much so that when the disciples said, Jesus, show us the Father, he was astounded. And he said, have you not seen me? Have I not been with you this whole time? God is calling us to be his ambassadors. 
And you see, it is the same echo throughout the scriptures. In, in the book of Genesis, we see God make a man named Adam, and he placed him in his garden, in the garden that he made. And what he told Adam is, you are my representative here on earth, and I need you to work this garden. And everything that you say, everything you do, you say you do on my behalf. What did Jesus say? He said, I only do what the Father does, and I only say what I hear the Father say. It is the will of God that we be his ambassadors. It's his will, and it's always been his desire. And it's through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that's within you, that the God of the universe lives and dwells among you, that enables you to be an ambassador of God. It is the reason why he went to the cross, because he went to the cross to take the authority back to the kingdom. You see, when Jesus came here on earth, he came proclaiming a kingdom. He said, the kingdom of God is here. And I want to tell you, church, that not only the kingdom of God is here now, but you are representative of the kingdom. You are an ambassador of the kingdom. Jesus told the disciples, on earth as it is in heaven, what you say here, a yes on earth is a yes in heaven, a no on earth is a no in heaven. And the point of it all is to be an ambassador. In order for us to be ambassadors, we must first be ambassadors of love. You see, love is the currency of heaven. I said love is the currency of heaven. Love is so essential to the life of the believer that the Bible actually says, if you don't love, you don't know God. And that's pretty extreme. Because I know a lot of Christians that don't seem very loving. And the Bible puts this example before us, and it says, actually, if you're not loving like God loves, if you're not, not loving and, and, and seeing people the way God sees them, then you don't know him. Wait, does that mean that you can know scripture and not know him? Absolutely. Does that even mean that you can perform signs and wonders and not know him? Yes. Does that mean you can even be blessed by God and not know him? Absolutely. If you don't love you don't know God. And why is it so important to be an ambassador of love? Peter lays this out clearly. He says that love covers a multitude of sin. And, and Jesus echoed this during the Gospels when they asked him what is the most important. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love covers a multitude of sin. And I want to tell you that love is actually without conditions. The love that God has for us is unconditional. What does that mean? It means there is no contract with his love. There is no motive with his love. The Bible says that he, while you were yet a sinner, that Christ actually died for you. You were an enemy of God when he chose to love you. But yet, in our world right now, we see people with conditional love. And I want to tell you something that might make you laugh at first, but I want to prove a point. If you have unfollowed anyone on Facebook because of their political stances, because of their religious stances, because of what they believe, because of their opinions, then you actually are not loving them like Christ loves them. Your love is actually with a condition. The condition is that you would believe the way I believe. Let that sink in for a second. 
because all of you can think of a moment when you saw something on Facebook and instantly wanted to unfriend that person. And it's funny because we're going through this place full of opinions and people are actually stating an opinion and not just people, Christians are stating opinions and they say, if you don't agree with this, then unfollow me. And they're representing something that is actually not what God has called us to. It is a conditional love. It is a contractual love. And, and it is not a divine love. It is a worldly love that has nothing to do with the Lord. And you see, what God is calling us to do is he's calling us to sacrifice our opinions on the altar of love. What does that mean? It means that if you feel something after someone has said, a po- like, had said something to you or posted something, and there is some type of stir within you to put a wall and a barrier between you and them, that means that you have to sacrifice your own opinion for the sake of love. It means that you might need to check yourself and not them, though they may be wrong. Don't, you know, don't misunderstand me here. I'm not saying that you have to agree with what people are saying all the time. But what happens is that disagreement can't blind you to love because Jesus himself cared for everyone unconditionally with sin, with the most egregious of sins, and he desired nothing but love from them. And I want to tell you that love is individual. Love is individual. You don't love an entire thing, like an entire race. We'll just use race as an example. If you want to love an entire race, you have to love an individual. You can't say, I, I, I love all of the, of the Hispanic community and then see a Hispanic person walking down the street and say, I hate that person. You actually are reflecting not love, and you're reflecting that you don't love the individual. And in the kingdom of God, the individual always represents the whole. Adam was our representation for the whole, all of human race. Adam represented us in the garden, and look at what happened. Jesus represented us as well, and look at the righteousness that came from him. By one Death came. By one, life came. And I want to ask you something. Are you loving the one that's in front of you? Are you constantly loving the individual? Because if you love the individual, you will always love the community of people. And this is a challenge for some of us. Because we hear the word Republican, we hear the word Democrat, and we cringe. And we say, you know, your ideals don't match with mine. We hear the word liberal, or we hear the word conservative. And we, we instantly shrink back, and we think differently of people. And I want to tell you, you can't love all unless you love the individual. Jesus showed his love for the Samaritans by waiting for a Samaritan woman by the well. Jesus showed his love for the Gentiles by healing a centurion's servant. And not only did the centurion get his servant healed, but Jesus used him as an example of the greatest faith in Israel. He loves the individual. He takes it a step further when he says that God is a kind of shepherd that leaves the 99 for the one. Are you willing to do that? Or are you leaving, willing to leave the one for the 99 that agree with you? Because if you don't love one, it's hard for you to love all. And you see, to be an ambassador of Christ is to be an ambassador of the presence of God himself. You see, the presence of God changes everything. 
when God walks into the room, the atmosphere will shift. In the same way that if a person you don't like walks into the room, you'll change and you'll cringe. And it will change your whole mood because that one person that you had a problem with walked in. But imagine what would happen if you, yourself, your life, was the altar of sacrifice, the altar of incense for the presence of God. And what would happen when you walked into the room? Because the presence of God is the person of God. The presence of God is God himself. When he walks into the room, things change. When he shows up, funerals, the dead come back to life. When he shows up, the sick get well. The blind see. The captives get made free. When Jesus shows up, everything changes, and Jesus is in you. He lives and dwells within you. And we must seek Christ. We have to seek his presence, and we have to seek him. You see, prayer brings the presence of God. And when I say prayer, I want to mean intentional prayer. I mean going out of your way, going out of what maybe your schedule is to seek God in private. Because you cannot carry in public what you do not have in private. If you're not seeking him in private, then how are you to carry peace if you don't know the person of peace? How are you to carry this presence of the God if, if you're not seeking his presence when you're by yourself in your room? And one of the problems of why we are lacking in our Christian life is because a prayerless life. A prayerless life brings lack. A prayerless life brings worry. A prayerless life brings doubt. A prayerless life brings uncertainty. You see, Jesus said himself, he said, don't worry about tomorrow. And, he's, and he said it with another statement that's even more profound. He said, all who are weary and burdened, come to me. And one of my friends actually has a really cool statement. He says, don't say it unless you pray about it. And I, I would love to challenge you with this. Before you post something on Facebook, before you, you, you make some type of blunt political statement, or before you even noticeably go out of your way to even offend someone that's on, sitting on the opposite side, I wanna, want you to pray about it first. Because prayer will reveal motives. And if you sit and actually prayed about something before you did it, God will reveal to you the motive behind your heart. And we cannot afford, the church cannot afford right now to, be mo to have motives other than to reveal Christ to this nation. Prayer reveals motives. The presence of God brings peace. It brings the person of, of Jesus Christ, who is what the Bible says, the Prince of Peace. His presence is what makes a difference. But like I was saying, he can't make a difference around us if you're not seeking him. But he will make a difference around us because what peace brings is peace brings praise. Jesus told the disciples, let them see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What is he saying? He says, let them see what you do and what you do will bring him praise. And I, I'm curious to, to wonder if your actions lately bring God praise. I, I'm curious right now to, to, to challenge, and I want to challenge you, if God had a transcript of the, your, of the things that you were saying, the things that you were posting, if the, the way that you've been acting lately, 
and and if they were to have evidence and say, what, could they convict you of bringing God praise through your actions? And some of us, the answer is no. And I want to call you into a time of prayer because prayer is the thing that will reveal the motives in your heart and it will, will reveal the hurt in your heart because some of us are acting out of hurt. Some of us are acting out of offense and we're not acting out of Christ. We're not acting out of representing him well. We're acting out of emotion. And you see, for us to be ambassadors of God, we have to be ambassadors of the power of God because the power of God reveals his nature. We know that he's a healer because he heals. It is in his power to heal, which makes him a healer. We know that he's a provider because he has the power to provide for us in every circumstance. We know that he has legal power to judge. And so because he has the legal power to judge, that makes him a righteous judge. And it is because of his power that we see the nature that he is. We see that he has the ability to bring peace because he called peace into the storm and the waves and the winds obeyed him. We see that he has the ability to provide when he fed the 5,000 over uh, two pieces of fish and a loaf of bread because of the power that he has. And I want to tell you that power reveals authority. Why is it important to be an ambassador of power? Because God wants to show his authority through you. He wants to show his power through you. You see, the centurion got a glimpse of this when he, his servant needed to be healed. He, he walked up to, to Jesus and he said, I am a person of authority. I am a person who knows. I tell one person to come here, one person to go there, and they listen to me. And he tells Jesus, he says, I know that if you just say the word, just say it. Because you have the power. You have the authority. I know that she's going to be healed. I know my servant's going to be healed. You don't even have to come into the room. And Jesus looked at the centurion and said, wow, look at this man who has faith. And what was Jesus exercising? He was exercising his authority. You have authority here on earth. And the enemy does not want you to know that you have authority. Because when you start opening your mouth and speaking, things are going to start changing. When you start proclaiming victory and victory-less situations, then you're going to see God moving. When you start shouting, walls are going to fall. When you start proclaiming healing, people are going to get healed. When you start proclaiming freedom, captives are going to be set free. I want you to know that you have the authority. You have the authority. And it is given to you by the communion of the Holy Spirit. And the power of God himself through you will set captives free. There is power and authority in the name of Jesus. There is power and authority in the name of Jesus. Church, start using his name. Start using the authority that was given to you. Start using the authority that God has placed underneath you and underneath your, your power. You see, Jesus gave his disciples the authority before he left. He said, I give you authority over all things. Cast out demons, heal the sick. And that same mantle is what we have today. One of my uh, pastors at my school, his name is Chris Donald, he says that there is no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. That means that the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, and he dwells in you. So use the power that God has given you. And the power of God is simply this. The power of God is the gospel. It's the gospel. Romans says this. It says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he says. It is the power of God for salvation. And, and this kind of wraps up everything that, that God desires from us. You see, to be an ambassador of love, to be an ambassador of power, you see, to be an ambassador of the presence of God is ultimately to lead people to know Jesus Christ. That is our mission. That is what Jesus did when he was on earth, representing the Father to an orphan generation. He was showing them the truth. He said, know the truth, and the truth is going to set you free. So I want to implore us today that we don't preach philosophy. We don't preach ten ways to improve your life, five ways uh, to change your mindset. We preach a risen king, and the risen king has given us authority here on this earth. And I want to encourage you to remember that you represent him. Preach the risen king. Before you preach politics, before you preach opinions, before you preach um, any type of, of vain philosophy, preach Christ. Because he is the power that will set us free. And the world doesn't need our thoughts. The world needs ambassadors of God. The world needs the children of God to see who they really are and step into the destiny that God has for us. So I want to pray with you today. Lord, I thank you for every person that is watching. Lord, I pray that this word just is sealed in their heart and sealed in their mind. Father, I proclaim in Jesus' name that a mindset of an ambassador of the kingdom would fall on them right now in Jesus' name. That they would understand the power that is within them. That they would understand the love that was within them, Father God, that they would seek your presence before anything, God, and not just the presence, but your word, Father, your truth, your manna from heaven, Father, daily, Jesus. I proclaim and enable every single Christian out there, Father, that they step into the gospel, that they step into power, that they step into faith, God, for our fight is not against flesh and blood, but it's against rulers and principalities of darkness, Father. Set us up and, and enable us to see these things, Jesus. And all this we pray in your name. Amen.